Well, hey, actually, we're recording this around Halloween. Mm. Do you have any Halloween plans? You're going to dress up as anything? You're going to dress up as as, uh, as old uh, Seamus? Seamus. Seamus Aaron? Metroid. Seamus O'Metroid? O'Donnelly. You know, uh, you know what it is. It's Seamus. Seamus <laughs> O'Metroid. I am going to blow up these Metroids right good. <laughs> You've got your your gooses cooked. A lot of people don't know, but that is the correct pronunciation. It's Seamus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, uh, what are you going to dress up for Halloween? I, I think, so we have, I'm awful at Halloween. That's the, the trend for me is that boy. I know, that's why I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, yeah. we found, we couldn't find any costumes for my little baby until we found just a whatever gorilla costume and mm-hmm. then we were supposed to try to find uh katie and i some banana costumes so we were just going to be bananas from all oh that's gorilla. so cute yeah yeah, yeah yeah we haven't found the banana banana costumes yet though and it is um looking at the date it is october 30th so yeah. i that's don't think recording this think we'll be just people maybe we can be like like king kong you know like they're like king kong on top of the tower holding the people We'll just pretend oh, that it's that. So I'm like going to be a person. I'm going to be a person. Just uh, a for person. Halloween. Um, a person. From yeah, King yeah, Kong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my plan. What that's about cool. you? That's cool. Um, I'm going to be uh, Michael Myers um, <laughs> from the from the hit uh, movie series Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh, check out Halloween Kills right now. Uh, it's on Peacock. Uh, $15 is all it costs. Um, we're sponsored by Universal Pictures this week. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I, I have a Michael Myers mask. That Elena drew hearts on and uh, made it like it's a kissy face. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say that I'm Michael Myers in love. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's gonna be my. That's my very lazy, very stupid costume. It's He'll just a single mask. He'll kill for you. He'll kill for you. He loves you. Let's go. Welcome to Old Gamers Almanac. I am your host, Hunter Donaldson. I'm joined here by my guest today. It says, what is it? What is Matt this? Martins. That's oh, me. Hello. 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 Thanks for having me, Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to have you back. Um, this is a video game show where we talk about uh, every game ever made and we're ranking them in one giant BuzzFeed style listicle. We're early in the list, but eventually we're going to be thousands of games deep. Um, if you make games don't anymore, stop, you jerk. Yeah. Please um, this week, this week we are talking about um, ver- our, a new release. This, this is, is the our first, first time one, right? This is the first yeah. time we've touched a, a brand new release. That's yeah, fun. yeah. This game just sort of just came out. I mean, by the time you hear this, it's going to have been a while. But yeah. Metroid. See, here's, the, here's the problem: is we're not industry insiders, so we don't get yeah. anything early, Mm-mm. of course. Nope. And we record really far ahead of time. And we had to play this game in like a normal pace. So like this is about as fast as we can get an episode out about a new release. And uh, that was what, like three, two or three months ago at time of release. So that's the delay. So, yeah. (laughs) But this week we're talking about Metroid Dread. Uh, Seamus Aaron is back. And this time Seamus is having all the Metroids for dinner. Basically, (laughs) it's a beautiful uh, you you you've never seen Seamus like this before. Uh-huh. Finally, classic two D Seamus. Seamus. Uh, yeah. So this is the popular Nintendo uh uh exploration 
a combat game. What do we call it? This it, it has coined the term half of the equation to Metroidvanias that are now such a popular, especially in indie games. I feel like every indie game that comes out is like it's kind of a Metroidvania, uh, and that is just what everything gets categorized at. This is the origin story of that, but this is notably, I guess, to some people on the internet, this is the first uh, new game that continues the not that involved Metroid story since Metroid Fusion 19 years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. This this game was developed by a company known as Mercury Steam, who is developing it for Nintendo. So technically not, you know, there, there's no Nintendo folks working on this one. But they, a few years ago, did a remake of Samus or uh, Metroid 2, Samus Returns, which was the Game Boy uh, original Game Boy version of Metroid. Hold up, hold up, Matt. I have to correct you. So the original version is sure. called Metroid Two: The Return yes. of Samus. Right, and this Seamus, one is Metroid I should Two: say. Samus Returns. So they, they Samus Returns. Uh, they're yes. they're on it. They introduced kind of a handful of new mechanics uh, because it was on the 3DS, and they really amped things up. Metroid Dread is kind of just a continuation of those mechanics. There's a couple new things, but really all of the big new things were in that 3DS version. So um, I I don't know why people feel the need to harp on the idea that like this is the first new Metroid game in 19 years because it absolutely isn't like we had all the Metroid Prime games and Samus Returns like those were all new Metroid games and it feels weird. I mean, I guess it's just because of that storyline thing. But to be very clear, the storyline of every Metroid game is like hey, there's just kind of like a monster that we're fighting. And then in the next game, it's like, hey, remember that monster you were fighting and defeated? Right. That wasn't actually the monster. The real monster is this one. Uh, yeah. Ooh, what an inversion. And then they just do that. This is the fourth time they've done that trick. So it's just like, oh, actually, it wasn't the stuff from Metroid Fusion. There's an even more big threat after that one. Uh, and yeah. that's the extent of the Metroid story to me. People are going to be mad at that, I guess. But like Samus is a cool character. But the story of the Metroid games is about as involved as almost any Nintendo game. Yeah, it's funny that we're covering uh, Halo and then also talking about Metroid mm -hmm. because while they don't have a lot in common, well, maybe they have more than I'm saying. They're both about characters that are in like these special combat suits or yeah. whatever. Um, they both take a lot of inspiration from Alien, the yep. movie Alien, uh, right. and especially the movie Aliens, the sequel. <laughs> um, so... That's pretty cool, I guess. That's kind of some connective tissue there. That's just for you, yeah. uh, listener. But uh, <laughs> if I, I will, I, I want to defend the idea that I think I think people that really like Metroid um, feel like Nintendo kind of doesn't make a lot of stuff for them, so yeah. they're just excited that there's a new thing. And That's I think true. it's interesting because I feel like Nintendo for a long time has sort of just had Metroid as an intellectual property, and instead of just you know making metroid games uh right. they just they tend to just take pitches from other studios and then right. let those studios make uh these metroid games which is why the series i think has kind of a weird history because you have the 2d metroids that started with the original metroid on the nes and then continued through super metroid right. and uh to metroid fusion and then right. now to dread i mean literally metroid have... fusion is the last metroid game that nintendo made as its own yeah. internal development studio. Yeah, see, that's a long time. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, it and it's felt like since then, Nintendo has just sort of been like, do you want to do something with this? And then you had Retro Studios making the Metroid Prime trilogy, yep. which was very good, and they're going to do another one of those, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, 
And then you had Metroid Other M, which was nope, a nope, weird experiment uh-uh. with. Stop it. Yeah. We don't know. Nope. Oh, okay. It, that's well, not real. And that well, doesn't we are going to play it. We're going to play that someday. <laughs> oh, no. um, excited to play that. Uh, hilariously bad game that was that looked bad when it was announced. I remember. I remember yeah. when that game was announced. I was like, this seems like this will be bad. Yeah. And then, of course, it was. Um, and then now here we are with Mercury Steam. Um, I feel like Nintendo, uh, Nintendo, if you're listening, um, be nice to these folks. Uh, you yeah. should keep them around. I think they do. They've done good work with your intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, maybe consider valuing them somewhat. I know it's not your style, but it might be chill. You know, we, we talked about Donkey Kong Country 3 like two weeks back. Uh-huh. And that's an example, I think, of a relationship where... You know, there was this outside developer and Nintendo was like, you can play with our intellectual property. Yep. And then they just didn't value that much. Right. And then th- and then Rare walked away. Um, so maybe <laughs> maybe consider being nicer to the other developers that work <laughs> on your things. Um, yeah, that that's actually motivated by a, a specific article that we read recently about yeah. how the Mercury Steam people... Uh, were treated uh, over the development of this. Nintendo was very much like a an angry landlord suddenly yeah. just coming down and saying like, uh, Metroid Dread is, has to be the biggest game of the year uh, right. at kind of the 11th hour, which is uh, very not cool. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Consider chilling everybody, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the Metroid series in general as far as personal history, bro? Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I have been a pretty decent fan of Metroid really since metroid fusion um i played that was the very first one i ever played and it uh it gobbagooled me i tell you i was very <laughs> into that one gobbagooled <laughs> you and uh i i went on to play basically all of them i've actually never completed super metroid even though i've played quite a bit of it my story with super metroid is i uh bought a copy when i worked at a resale game store Mm-hmm. I got my hands on a copy, and I think something is wrong with either the Super Nintendo I was playing it on or the copy itself, where right. it, uh, it one time I was playing, I was probably three-fourths of the way through or further. Like, I was quite deep into the game, and something bumped my Super Nintendo and uh, corrupted my entire save file. All of it was gone. Aww, Would have had to restart sad. the game, and I, you know, when that kind of stuff happens to me especially, I just uh, call it quits. That's, you know yeah. what, we'll do it some other time. I had, I did start it. Uh, it's available on Nintendo Switch Online in their SNES library. So I have kind of started it, and I, I want to pluck away at it over time. But I have played all of the 2D Metroids, and I've played, uh, not that it's relevant to this conversation, I've played Metroid Prime 3 and 1, um, so I like Metroid quite a bit, and especially with regards to the ongoing conversation Hunter and I have on this show about like my battles with game difficulty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Metroid is one of the few feathers in my cap for games somewhat regarded as difficult. I don't think Metroid's like talked about as one of the harder series out there, but it's got a difficulty curve to it, and I have generally been able to conquer Metroid games without that much frustration. I, I find them deeply pleasurable games, uh, despite their sometimes you get lost in them. Sometimes the boss fights take many, many attempts before you really nail it. Um, so that's kind of one of my few hard games that I, I've taken on. Yeah, so it definitely sounds like overall, Matt, you're like you're a fan of the series, though, and you've you've played numerous entries yes. in it. And like overall, this is this is this is a Matt yeah. kind of game basically yeah, yeah um well of course uh to be the pepsi to your coke um <laughs> always been more of a castlevania boy at right. heart um <laughs> castlevania is uh dumb 
and that's pretty cool. Uh, Metroid is dumb, but it doesn't know that it's dumb. Right. Castlevania it's is aware. very aware <laughs> of its own dumbness. Um, and uh, I think Symphony of the, Symphony of the Night is. I can't uh, say that word game. I learned today. Symph- symphon- symphony? 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 I want it to be it. like symphony. I don't know. I can't say that word. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I, for some, I'm a, I'm a freak and actually never played uh, Metroid when I was younger but did play castlevania which is mm-hmm. i think just i don't know i was just Backwards. a weird kid um because i feel like metroid is much more obviously interesting and pleasurable than castlevania castlevania is just like <laughs> spooky dracula come play <laughs> the game and i was like yeah yeah uh-huh yeah. uh definitely excited about this uh and then also i was a huge uh playstation one kid so i basically had to play you know i was i was playing everything that was big on the playstation one mm-hmm. um but so i did not really uh, understand what Metroid was until Super Smash Brothers, and then uh, I I was like, oh, Nintendo has like a like a like some like a Power Ranger is what I thought. I was like, Nintendo has a Power Ranger? That's crazy. I love Power Rangers. Um, so I played as the Nintendo Power Ranger character whose name was Seamus. Um, apparently, some sort of Irish space cop or something uh-huh. like that. Um, and uh, that just became my character, my main, my main character in all the. Smash hey, I'm games Seamus. I'm from Boston, and I'm a space cop. <laughs> I'm from space Boston. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I always played as uh, Samus and uh, loved it. So then, you know, because of uh, the Smash games, I oh, and because of Metroid Prime, I remember when Metroid yeah. Prime came out, I was like, okay, this is a cool game series that I need to explore. Um, but my experience with this series uh, before playing Metroid Dread all the way through. Uh, was just playing and not completing Metroid Prime mm-hmm. and then playing Super Metroid um, and loving it. Super yeah. Metroid is a special game because I feel like uh, this has like been said a million times over and over and over. But you, if you've never played Super Metroid before and you're playing games right now, you're just a person that plays any amount of games, then you can play Super Metroid. Super yeah. Metroid feels like a game that was made yesterday, essentially. Right. And I right. think it will always feel like that because it's just so like so freaking in influential yeah um to everybody making games that it's just so easy to feel that um but yeah so i played uh super metroid played a little bit of metroid prime and then i've just played like a small sampling of others you've always talked about metroid fusion it's so, uh, good, so i have man. muted that up on an em- emulator before um and i never finished it but uh was excited about it i generally um I generally think Metroid games are pretty good. I think overall the the series has like a high bar of quality for a yeah. series of games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's ever been a Metroid game that sounds like it's just completely. I, I mean, the original Metroid doesn't sound very fun to go back to, but that's well, whatever. And, How many and games other are M, to go back to? But that, other like, M is bad early. because it is literally a betrayal of the entire mm-hmm. series. In yeah, like that doesn't even every count. respect. So it, it that one's so easy to just ignore. So yeah. overall, I have a high opinion of this series, but I consider myself someone that has played a lot of games inspired by Metroid, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily someone that has played a wide berth of Metroid games. Yeah, Yeah. and later in this episode, I think we're going to have to sit down and really talk about what it means to have a Metroidvania and what the inspiration of Metroid means and how that works with this game. But let's let's just get, let's put our reviewer hats on and let's talk about what we, let's, what did we like and what did we not like about specifically Metroid Dread, this new iteration of this game, maybe even ignoring the past games, just like in playing this game, what did we like? Right, right. What is what is good about just this one? Um, well, I'll I'll start with something really obvious. Um, 
obviously for for the 2D Metroid series, um, this is the best looking one that yeah. there's ever been. Right. Um, and the look, I'll say the the resolution is kind of low, but Nintendo's never really cared about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the art art design and the color is pretty good. Um, I'm not gonna give it too many high marks for that. What I will give it high marks for is uh, that really buttery smooth frame rate um, and yeah. the feel, how that kind of works with the feel of moving uh, Seamus around the screen. Yeah. Seamus just feels really good yeah. um, as far as running and moving in a way that none of the other Metro, most of the other Metroid games feel by comparison, I would say, a lot slower yeah so that a little that, clunkier this one is very mm-hmm. very th- it, this is the one where they really feel like i think the history of previous metroid games is like yeah you start real slow and kind of stupid and as you go you get better movement tech to like actually accomplish things whereas this one is like well you can slide you can grab ledges like let's give you a lot of stuff that you probably should have right from the get-go just because it mm-hmm. just feels better and it's more modern i definitely think the movement is as good as it's ever been uh, in in this one to talk about that frame rate thing and like the resolution i do feel i wonder what we will look back on metroid dread in maybe like two years or something because at this point in time i feel like the history of what happened to metroid dread is there's an awful chip shortage happening right now tech is in like mm-hmm. this horrible place right. and metroid dread it seems was very obviously supposed to be the flagship game for the potential Switch Pro, right? We, we've all been hearing mm. murmurings for a while about this maybe higher res, like maybe 4K Nintendo Switch that was going to come out. It's just, it's people call it the Switch Pro. We have no idea. And instead, what we got this year is the Nintendo Switch OLED edition. And reports continue to show that 4K thing is still being worked out. Developers have dev kits for a 4K Switch. Like, that exists 100%. And it sounds like Metroid Dread is this thing of, like, uh uh-oh, we don't have any other games on the docket. We have this lame half console that we have to ship out, and we need Mm -hmm. something to sell it. And so Metroid Dread got rushed and just kind of, like, fired out of the cannon to go with OLED Edition. And it seems to me that Metroid Dread was originally designed with maybe the intent to be a higher resolution, like more graphically involved game and was like knocked back. That's speculation, but at the very least, there this was definitely supposed to be timed release with something bigger than what the OLED ended up being. I only agree with part of this. Yeah. Um, I agree with the whole like, okay, we need something to sell the OLED, here's Metroid Dread, let's push that and that will help sell the uh, the Switch OLED. I think that the Switch Pro, uh, the the game that was going to sell the Switch Pro always was going to be Breath of the Wild too. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're they've delayed, well, they haven't delayed Breath of the Wild too. They've never announced when it was going to come out, uh, yeah. when we can expect it at all. Um, but the fact that they seem to have delayed the Switch Pro, I think, makes me feel like they sort of just took some things in the air and were yeah. like, okay, we can pair these two together, and it will sort of make sense. To be fair, though, um, I have seen video of someone playing Metroid Dread on a Switch OLED, and it looks really pretty. It is yeah. a good game, I think, to show um, to show off the better colors yeah. um, because it is. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a fairly colorful game. Metroid cool. games yeah. are always hard to talk about when it comes to um, I think art design mm-hmm. because so much of it is iterating on the same thing. Like if you've seen a Met. Like, it's weird, because Metroid Dread is, like, a, a game that just came out, but, like, it also just 
looks like the old Metroid yeah. games too. They're all just like very much of you, a kind and of a family. Basically. You could have sold this as a uh, Super Metroid remake and minus the what we'll talk about in a minute, the the Emmy robot mechanic minus that. It it is. It just is a remake of any of the other Metroid games. Like v- very mm-hmm. few things in it are like completely brand new. Um, but let's talk about that Emmy mechanic. There's th- this is the one where the whole point of previous Metroid games is like there's a certain level of exploration, and they can be slow games. You kind of get lost sometimes. There's a lot of like shooting invisible bricks in the environment to open up a new pathway to then find the weapon that helps you then accomplish killing the next boss or whatever. Um, And in this one, they introduced this thing where there's certain zones with these unkillable robots. There's nothing you can do about it. Best you can do is not be killed by them and keep running away from them. Uh, And that's the big new thing. Um, And that's something that I really, really liked in this game is there's a certain level of the normal level design of a Metroid game is like you kind of fold back through it. You Swiss cheese through it a decent amount over the course of the game. And this one, the way they shake that up is you have these Emmy zones. And uh, the first time you go through them, you have no other choice but to go as fast as you can. And like you're kind of like pausing away. real quickly yeah. looking at the mini map where I just got to get to the exit. I got to go, got to go, got to go. And so you have these environments that you are only familiarized with in a slapdash rush to get through it so that when you then eventually kill the Emmy robot that is like lording over that zone you open up this new area that you are like halfway familiar with and Mm -hmm. now get to properly explore and that is like a really good feeling of like i conquered this thing and the reward for conquering this thing is a whole new zone to like properly sink my teeth into um and that feels very good yeah yeah that progression i think that the idea of this this area belongs to the emmy robot and and then you know, you even um, the way that you kill the Emmy robots is really interesting where you're given a special one time use power up mm-hmm. that sort of makes the game. Um, it, it's it's like uh, it's like cat and mouse. But then all of a sudden you become uh, the, the then then eventually it's cat versus cat, I yeah. guess is what it is. <laughs> At first it's cat and mouse and then it's two cats. Yeah, um, which is it, it's fun. The progression of it uh, is interesting. And, and also it should be noted that um, we're still staying in the positive zone here. But maybe this is a positive, depending on uh, on who you are. This this game does not stray from the Metroid formula that much at all. I would say this is very of 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 a kind. Um, mm-hmm. So if you played any Metroid game, you are I would say very familiar with most of this game. Um, the Emmy robots is the big new thing. Yeah, and I would say as in addition, uh, it overall it's like I mean it's great. If anything, I I could have even used uh more of it basically. Yeah. Like I could have I could have stood for like I I remember when this game was first announced, Matt, you were like scared of the Emmy robots because yeah. you were like I hope that the whole game isn't just me running from stuff. Yes. I think I could have I could have gone further. I could have taken yeah. more. I could I could have I could have had a Metroid game where I basically have to run away from something that's hunting me the whole time. I would have Found that enjoyable. I don't think actually. I could have handled that. I think they they peppered it in just. I like that it was quarantined to specific zones. So at the very mm. least, you could take a break if you needed to. You could get out of the zone and and do some other stuff. But inevitably, you would have to go back through it. I think it's the right balance. The the one thing I will say I don't love about it, and I can't I can't decide how to talk about this, but 
I, I've seen people talking about the idea that like these Emmy, Emmys, if they get a hold of you, that that is it. Now, there there is a mechanic in the game we'll talk about in stuff I don't like. There's a parrying mechanic that I, I basically equate to. It's just a quick time event, like a little thing flashes. You got to hit the button fast enough. The mm-hmm. Emmys have a parry that if they get their grips on you, you can parry them one time. Yeah. I think maybe there's actually two opportunities kind of in a weird way, but generally it's like mm-hmm. you get one opportunity to parry them with this quick time event, but the window is so tiny that it's incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. Now, that is important because if it was easy to do, the Emmys would become trivial and it wouldn't right. be they wouldn't be this scary force anymore. But I argue they still become trivial because so often what what would have happened to me all the time is you you bust into an Emmy zone and you're like, I know I got to get from here to here. Here's my path. Here we go. We're going to mm-hmm. sprint for it. And sometimes the Emmy spawn is just like right in your, like it, they're just there. They're just going to be in your way. And literally it was always like faster and easier to just let myself get caught, see the game over screen, start over and jump back in. And the Emmy will spawn in a new spot on the map. And to me, it felt like the Emmy zones should have been even more calculated of like, think of any other boss mechanic where it's like you just have to learn their rhythms right if you learn those things you can get around them i wish the emmys had like a reliable pattern they sort of explored in and i could learn that pattern to then navigate around them because instead it felt like sprint and if they end up being in your path just run into them game over start over sprint again make it through the second try or whatever and i felt like i just ended up seeing the game over screen so many times in a way that wasn't like it, it it didn't even feel like I was afraid of the Emmys anymore. It was just this nuisance of like, well, I have to game over like probably two times before I actually make it through the zone or whatever. And I think they could have averted that if somehow that quick time event was at least a little bit easier or a little bit modified where I could not have to just be forced into going through a game over screen, but I could soft delay the Emmy and then try to get away again. I think that would have been a little bit better but the the difference is when you when you do successfully stop an emmy they're they're paused for like a while which gives you ample mm-hmm. time to get away i think if they made the quick time event easier but made the emmy not stalled as long it's like quick dodge get out and the chase is still on and that would have maybe felt better to me versus what we ended up getting well so i'm kind of working out from what you're saying so so did you never get into a rhythm by the end that you were able to parry the emmys like no. regularly no oh, no okay. absolutely not i never could regularly if you're saying that you were able to do that that amazes me because i i yeah yeah i oh, do definitely. not think it's easy to I'm not things. saying it's easy. I'm just saying I, I'm just saying by by the end the so the rhythm like of the animation kind the of the same every time. Well, roughly. no, I, I it it uh it, it does actually adjust a little bit, yeah. but the, but it doesn't feel like there's so much variation that you can't learn it. So there were yeah. um I don't know that I learned every permutation of it. Um and also I don't even know if that's how maybe this was all in my head and it doesn't actually work like this at all. Like if Mercury Steam was like, no, 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 it's like completely random, yeah. but the window is really small. But th- there was there was some way where when the Emmy would get me, if the animation was going this way that I kind of had my, it memorized in right. my head, I could almost always get it. Well, but if it was a different uh, permutation of it, then I wasn't going to yeah. get it, basically. That, but, like, I mean, I, I definitely... frustrates me almost. <laughs> really? Why? Uh, oh, well, only because of the... Here, here's my here's my take on... So, this, this parrying... We'll start talking about it right now. Why not? This parrying thing is all over the place. Every enemy has some sort of parry attack. Most enemies have a much... Let's call it, I don't know, like four frames, right? Like a decent window 
to mm-hmm. hit the, the parry. Whereas the Emmys is, is literally probably like one or two frame window to hit the parry. It's very mm-hmm. easy to miss. It is a much tighter window than all the others. To me, it felt like with the Emmys, it you couldn't react to the flash. It was, you had to predict the flash. You had to do it, yeah. You, you had to just had to know it was coming and hit it, whereas right. every other flash in the game was hits, and then you can do it. You have you have that reaction time. It's very small, but you know you, you can actually hit it. Whereas the Emmys, it was literally, the flash is nothing. I don't even know why we have the flash, because it's not a thing I actually have time to react to. I have well, the- to just know what's going to hit. So the flash is teaching you the rhythm. It's teaching sure. you when you should have pushed it. So yeah. what I'm saying is, and I don't know that it works like this, what I'm saying is that I, I think there's only a couple pre-canned animations for it, mm-hmm. where the rhythm is basically the same, and I there was like one that I was able to get down. Yeah. Now I will say this, I I have you said that, so it flashes twice, as if you yes. could parry it, you could miss the first time and then parry it the second time. I never, ever got it on the second time, second. so much so to where I didn't think that you actually could i um, i'm only saying that because i i feel like i saw it in a speed run i feel like i okay. saw somebody yeah, do yeah. It. I, I may have missed it i may have miss, been missing it though so i actually do not know for sure if you can do it the second time or not the second time but yeah i mean like i i will say it's 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 pretty it, it's definitely tough but by the end like a lot of those um last the the final emmys of the game eventually mm-hmm. the emmys get to a point where um it's like Every time you get to a new Emmy section, it has like one more ability. Power. Yeah. Um, and eventually its ability is that it just knows where you are like right away. Basically, it can just like right. see through walls. Um, I actually would not have been able to get through that section if I hadn't learned the parry a little bit on it. Mm. So I'm not even sure how like if you're saying, oh, I never even sort of learned the parry on the Emmys. I, w- I would not have been able to beat the last couple of uh, Emmys without like being able to parry them a time or two just because hmm. like they get on you so quickly yeah uh, i think that's where that thing i'm talking about is they spawn in a different spot and so it was literally sprint through the area and hope for a good spawn point where they're far enough away where you have time to get through it basically like that's that's yeah. what ended up being my experience with it it's just like run 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 and every once in a while you get through or whatever the uh the final emmy in fact which i think was like the purple one yeah. they're just they just have different colors right um the final emmy I thought the way it was set up was that you had to parry it because mm-hmm. when you come out, really? Yeah, no. Well, for, for me, it was like you come out with the gun that kills it or whatever, and you're already in too tight of a space, hmm. and it would get me like 100% of the time. So the only runs that would possibly kill it are the ones where I parried it after that and then was able to get away. Get a spot. But I was not able to hmm. get out the door, basically, and get to the next area without getting caught by it. Or maybe it was the way I was approaching it was I would try and uh, it has like a protective outer shell that you have to blow away and then you hit the core of it or whatever. I would always try and blow off the outer shell and then for sure after that it would get me. So I don't Mm. know. Um, But yeah, uh, it does use this uh, parry indicator thing and and that ability is basically used on every single enemy in the game. Every, Every enemy has a parry and... It's funny because the way they have it, like with a normal small enemies that you just run into throughout uh, each section of the game, uh, if you kill it with your, you know, with your uh, your laser or your missiles or whatever, um, you get a pithy little yeah. uh, like reward of health. Uh, but if you parry it, you always get a lot more. So what they are, what the designer is trying to get you to do is to parry every single attack, right. which does get a little Old. repetitive. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and for me, I mean, to, at a certain point, I you to me, you always hit a point in a Metroid game 
where especially because you're folding in on the game itself so often um, that you get to the point where you stop even you ignore that the enemies are there you're just sprinting through rooms to get right. from point a to point b and the enemies are like the only enemies you fight are the ones that are like directly in your way and even then you have enough health you kind of just run through them and and go on about your day like to me by the end of a metroid game the little enemies aren't even present in the game they're just they they just happen to be little things that float around in the atmosphere yeah yeah is there before we've sort of transitioned a little bit into the things that we didn't like is there yeah. anything else that we liked before we move forward because really I, to me the only thing my only positive is the the smoothness of it yeah. beyond that i i find it very much like this is this is just a a a metroid game which is not uh, necessarily a negative or a positive yeah i just found it kind of it's weird i haven't even played that many metroid games but i found it like yeah i know how this yeah. this goes um, but the smoothness did feel like a new thing that was exciting and was pleasurable and enjoyable. Yeah. I didn't even really care for the Emmy thing that much. By the end of the game, I was sort of done with those sections yeah. too. Um, um, yeah. I, I have two things that at the very least I, I can appreciate about this game, even if I don't actually consider them like huge boons to the game. The first is this is one of those fun things we see these days where the developers uh, recognize when their game is a game people intend to speed run and metroid is very much that kind of a thing um mm -hmm. even in its like core design philosophy the uh, the idea of a metroid game is like once you know where all the secrets are it kind of becomes trivial to do any exploration but you can very easily break metroid games you can get to areas areas sooner than you were supposed to and in this game and probably some others but i don't know enough about metroid speedrunning. but in this game the developers literally put in ways for you to skip ahead and get a power earlier than you were supposed to there's even one mm -hmm. boss where you are not supposed to have a certain power but technically you can have access to it and if you use that power on the boss it's an instant kill with a whole unique animation and everything like they clearly intended this to be a thing because it's a it's a, a unique animation within the boss fight so there is this idea that the developers are making a game with the intent that yeah you'll play it through once but a good chunk of the audience is going to replay the game over and over again with speed running in mind i mean the end right. of the game literally gives you a, a time stamp of how long your game took as if to say like hey you might be able to do this faster next time when you want you want to try again um and so i i can appreciate that i don't think it's i mean we're also playing celeste right now and celeste is like clearly so much more obsessed with its speed running community and its com mm -hmm. completionist community that like it pales in compare like the metro dread pales in comparison to like what other people are doing with this speed running mentality but the idea that a triple a nintendo game has its speed running community in mind i i find at least admirable um and, yeah. and nice a nice inclusion um the other thing that is also kind of just like, oh, that's nice, is the way the level design folds in. I think early on in the game, uh, it's very, very interesting to me. There's some there's some like water puzzle stuff that like you go through an area the first time and the water level is this high. And then later you change the water level and it changes the way the environment feels. Even later, like some of the water freezes and it very much changes. Like those little moments feel really good. But to transition to this into a thing I think you and I both don't like is... This game is surprisingly, uh, well, maybe maybe not surprising in terms of like if you've played other Metroid games, but seeing where Metroidvanias have gone and seeing how level design has changed, th these games are surprisingly linear. 
There, there is yeah. an obvious critical path to this game, despite the selling point being like, oh, it's this huge world, and you're gonna you're gonna go all over, and there's exploration. There's not real exploration in this game. Like you you stumble across every critical item that you need. There's not there's never a point where you have to like actually explore around in this game. Like you you can very easily follow the critical path. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of this weird contradiction, right? So, so the old uh, complaint about uh, Metroid games and Metroid style design is that um, there's actually there's a really good uh, video game donkey video where he's uh, doing a review of uh, Seamus Returns, mm-hmm. and he, he talks about a moment in Metroid Fusion where you're stuck in between two tall walls that you can't jump over, yeah. and you have to drop a bomb on just one little specific piece of the ground, right? Um, and there's no indication that you needed to do that. There was just a secret hidden there. Um, and actually, I mean, it's, I, I, I call it a secret. It's secret as in, it's not obvious where it is. It's a lot. Uh, but actually, it's essential. It is. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a mean, if you want to keep going, this is what you have to do. Um, so, so you'll see a lot of people when they play Metroid games, they suggest to just like shoot the wall everywhere because yeah. the wall always has these like hidden, uh, blocks or whatever. So this is like an old complaint of Metroid, but it was kind of part of the design philosophy was like, okay, so there's there's not a bunch of different levels. There's one level in a Metroid Mm -hmm. game and you are exploring that in whatever order makes sense. And you receive various keys in the form of abilities that allow you to access different areas. I mean, a lot of, you know, if you never played a game in this style um, you should check it out. This is a pretty, this is a pretty yeah. big style of game, but that you know, there are lots of games that sort of incorporate this. Uh, instead of you know, it's like instead of a level select menu in different parts of the level, it's just one big maze yeah. that you are exploring a little bit at a time. And Metroid Dread is so meticulously designed to funnel you mm-hmm. down the right path. Um, it's actually beautifully done, right? Um, and it's amazing that they were able to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to turn this into a full-on negative. No. However, and I, I believe this was done because this is such an old complaint with Metroid. And even um, if you're if you're into to Twitter gossip, David Jaffe um, got really upset about a room that he felt like had a Metroid moment in it. Uh-huh. Um, however, this game really go- works really hard to not yeah. do that to you, so it's kind of annoying that he is complaining about this one little example where yeah. he may have found something that sort of makes sense like that. It really doesn't. Yeah. But um, it's so well done, the funneling you down the right path. It's almost like telepathic. Like, you just mm-hmm. don't understand, but you're always going the right way in this game. However, it's done so well that I'm not really sure there is a point to this type of layout anymore like why does it even need to be a maze if actually it's a very very linear experience unless you're a speed runner unless you know the skips right uh and can you know break the game or whatever your experience of the game is actually going to work out to be that well i just kept going through the one door i could and that always was the right way to go brother it feels more like uh, the designers flexing on their ability to reuse environments more than it does. 
the idea that I, as the player, am supposed to re-engage with these environments. It just yeah. feels like the developer's like, hey, we brought you back here. There's so many trains and teleporters in this world that by the end, it feels crazy how fast you're going from area to area. There's like seven areas in the game. And by the end, you, it's like you don't stay in one place for more than five minutes before you hit another teleporter or another train and you go back down there and back up there. But... Even with all in all of that, it is always the obvious direction to go. And maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe maybe this is Hunter and I like getting ahead of ourselves. And I bet there's some people out there that are like, it wasn't always obvious to me. And and for me, there was a little bit of I had to teach myself this lesson throughout the game. I remember early on being like, all right, this is a Metroid game. I better explore every nook and cranny. And that's when I kept getting the most uh, lost in the game is because I would stray from the critical path. And then not be able to find my way because the designer's like, well, you're not even supposed to have been, you're not supposed to have come this way. Why did you come over here? The obvious path was right over there where we put you. And by probably a third of the way through the game, it became just like, let go and let God. Like the developers will show you the way. And I was playing it a little bit before Hunter. And the thing I ended up telling you, Hunter, when you started your playthrough, because I think we were both coming into this game with that same Metroid assumption of like, are we going to, how much are we going to get lost? The idea is like anytime you come up to a point where you think you might be lost, just start shooting the walls and like 99 times out of 100, you you are on the right path and you just have to shoot that wall right over there and then you're through and that's it and you, you move on with your day. And honestly, that experience was quite rare. Most of the right. time, it was just that you would be in an area, many doors are locked with a key that you do not possess. Right. And then, oh, turns out one of them yep. is you do have the right key for that <laughs> one. So that is the way that you go. Like, yep. uh, yeah, it's it's really simple when you break it down that way. But it, yeah, again, it's so well done that it's almost like, I don't know, like, is it pretentious to be like, I don't know, maybe we need, maybe Metroid needs to be a little frustrating in that way. Yeah. Maybe Maybe you do... Maybe an essential part of if, you know, I mean, my big complaint with this game uh, and it's not like overall, I had a great time with this game yeah, it's I, and, and I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it, but the the most negative I can be about it is it just feels very derivative of what like Metroid feels very dogmatic to me right yes. now. Yeah. It feels like a series that is kind of in love with itself. And so if you look at the series as a whole, it's a high bar of quality across the the board. But if someone asked me like, oh, uh, so should I play Metroid Dread? I would be like, well, have you played other Metroids? Because you could just play any of them right Right. now. And that would be as just as good of use of your time, I feel like. Um, But with Dread, it's like, I I feel like we've almost shaved an edge off a little too far. If we're going to be this dogmatic... Why not let people get lost a little? Why not right. be a little mean? You know what right. I mean? Like right. over the last 10 years, I feel like designers have finally started being like, you know, we don't have to be super nice to the player all the time. And this yeah. felt to me like they were being a little too uh, nice to me. I could have used a little a little grit. I, well, I, it's not that I want to get stuck and that I right. want to be lost. It's just that uh, this is so well done getting me from section to section that I almost feel like, well, now there's there's no real possibility of me getting lost. And by the end of it, I feel like I'm like basically sprinting through this game, yeah. which is kind of a bummer. But there's also, at the same time, there isn't really 
There's not really very good secrets in Metroid. The well, only here's thing what's that's wild about is, it is yeah. they literally gave themselves an excuse to let you get as lost as they want because halfway through the game, they give you a tool that negates all of the experience people complain about with Metroid. They give you a scanner that highlights oh, right, yeah. little blocks that are technically secret blocks. And so now, by halfway through the game, there's never going to be a secret block. If you feel lost for a second... Boop, hit the scanner. Oh, there it is. Easy. Let's keep right. going. And that would have been their opportunity to make this so much harder in a puzzle sense because now you have every tool you could possibly need to prevent you from getting lost. Uh, it's it's not as cheap as that Metroid Fusion is example. You can get away with anything now. And it just feels like they didn't capitalize on that in any meaningful way. Um also, my within that level design is like a pacing thing that I have a, a minor problem with, and this is especially mostly due to previous experience with Metroid games. I think if I had never played a previous Metroid game, I wouldn't care about this, but I have a small issue with, like, sometimes you get a new missile, and then, like, five minutes later, you upgrade that missile again. And and very often it feels like the... It feels like there's only maybe, like, four meaningful upgrades in this game and everything else is like an iteration style upgrade that doesn't really do anything important to how I feel and play the game it's just a new thing to shoot at the door I couldn't shoot before right it's just like yeah. well that door that door is blue so until you get the blue laser you can't shoot the blue door but the blue laser doesn't do anything meaningful to the rest of my gameplay experience sure. and, I, yeah. and I feel like previous Metroid games have nailed that like we give you the ball at a certain time to really unlock your new potential here we give you the spider ball to do new things like it really opens up the gameplay and this one it did not feel like that as often there were moments of it but it, to me sometimes it really felt like i just got an upgrade for this why am i getting another upgrade for this exact same thing like it doesn't feel like that's going to do anything different and i think that's most reflected in uh the boss fights because to me with any game in the style that's mm -hmm. like hey here's items give me the item and then give me a new boss that I have to use that item on, right? That's kind of like the main way to make me feel like it was worth it to have gotten that item. And this game will give you like six power-ups before you do another new boss. And it just feels mm -hmm. like it feels like there's not anywhere close to enough bosses in this game for how many item pickups you you end up getting. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the yeah, th we haven't really talked about boss fights at all. We should we totally should do that. Um I would there's not that many Mm -hmm. um boss encounters and towards the second half of the game there is a lot of reused uh bosses mm -hmm. uh as uh, they might not even count as full bosses maybe for, for the team they're like well we thought of those as mini bosses so it's right. like fair to reuse them or whatever but i don't know if you if you don't enjoy that kind of thing if it does put you off uh, of just seeing kind of the same fight with not a lot of e uh, escalation uh really it's mm -hmm. like each time you encounter this boss again. Um, it might have one one new ability, but it, it will be fairly minor. Yeah. And and also, uh, each of the reused bosses are are very pattern recognition style bosses. Mm -hmm. So like, even if you give them one thing to mix it up, it's not enough because you've just learned this boss so well that it right. basically well, well, isn't really much of a challenge anymore. And to the point I was making, they okay, this boss has gained a new power. I've gained. Five. So I have right. five new yeah. tools that will make me completely stomp this, uh, oh, this no, enemy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, pre it's pretty ridiculous how much you are progressing and how quickly you are progressing. I, it kind of goes into the dogma thing there a little bit, too, is it, it feels like 
uh, Mercury Steam was given a checklist of like, mm-hmm. here are Seamus's abilities, and I want <laughs> all of these abilities for Seamus. And n- n- they all must be included, even if the team didn't really have like room for that ability. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, th- there is there is a particularly dense hour of this game, like kind of in the middle, maybe even towards maybe like three quarters of the way through, where it feels like you're just getting so many keys to so many doors. It's like by the end yeah. of this game, you're like a you're like a janitor with just like a giant <laughs> key ring, like a million different ways to open a million different doors. Yeah. Um, and it does start to feel a little, it's it's not like overwhelming. Yeah. It's it's actually underwhelming is the problem is you're right. just getting so many little iterative keys that they don't feel very distinct uh, by themselves. Yeah. There's still like the class. I mean, like when you get the morph ball, that's really cool. And man, um, as, as someone... Uh, playing a lot of the series like in almost every game you get the morph ball really really early and my Mm -hmm. favorite thing with this game was boy they held like they they strung you along for a long time before they gave you Mm -hmm. morph ball. so much so that like online people share screenshots of when they got the morph ball like oh my god finally the morph ball like that's just a fun little playing with the gamers expectations for anybody who hasn't played a metro game like you won't necessarily you'll see the little tunnels and be like why can't i go through there oh a morph ball that'll help but for anybody who's played like all the previous entries it's so like they just keep leading you along and that was like a deeply satisfying moment was like oh my god finally the morph ball i can do all the stuff that i want to do yeah yeah totally um more about the bosses uh there's i would say there's just a handful that are that are good in this game and a majority of the ones that i really liked are the boss encounters where the the enemy is very large and you have a little bit of uh platforming involved with it this is like a fast smooth uh, game and I that when we were talking about positives I really like that aspect of it but it's weird when it came to boss fight encounter design stuff I didn't actually like the fast bosses as much mm-hmm. they weren't they they weren't particularly um, difficult it's really just about you know you just read their attacks and you have one like dodge ability yeah and you just use that dodge ability and missiles and it felt like there wasn't enough to shake it up mm-hmm. um, the other bosses that aren't so much um about like just going toe to toe with somebody your size like when you're just fighting a giant monster which happens like several times in the game um i feel like you use a more interesting array of uh seamus's abilities and that's kind of what i wanted i wanted a boss fight that was like all right i have all these different tools can we incorporate them all kind of into a singular um fight and that that never really happened um so i would say overall the bosses are I would say just kind of a middling aspect of the game, not, mm-hmm. n- something that I consider neither um, a super high positive. I don't have a lot of praise for most of the boss fights. Some right. of them I liked. Uh, some of them are just kind of whatever. Well, the final boss fight in particular, I found really underwhelming and not yeah. very interesting. And that's but. deeply upsetting, I think, because previous Metroid games, to me, are like all about the boss fights like you 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 do a bunch of exploration you get lost for a while mm-hmm. and then you hit a boss fight and the boss fight is unique and really hard and that's some of the most rewarding parts of metroid and this one i i got far far less of that reward uh from so yeah i i agree um can we, we we've been kind of hinting at this idea of like this metroid game just feels like it's only iterating on itself and it kind of ignores everything else that's happened in the genre even though it is literally the namesake for this style of game like the genre is called metroidvanias 
And how do we feel about Metroid Dread's placement in that history of that genre? Because this is literally the Metroid half of the name Metroid Vane. Mm-hmm. So uh, where does this fall? <laughs> I think I think it's time for Metroid to become a Metroidvania. I think that <laughs> I think it's time for Metroid to yeah. invade the cat or just do something else. But yeah. I, I think the most obvious idea would be to in, implement some of the Castlevania style progression stuff. Yeah. Instead of um, the progression system that already exists for Seamus, which is just like, oh, we lost all our abilities and now we have to find them yeah. uh, uh, along the, the map again. What I an opportunity something... to like introduce completely new, pa- like, oh, you've lost mm-hmm. all your abilities, but you're on a strange alien world. Let's completely, why does Seamus always find the exact same powers on every single world? Why is it always the same statues holding the same morph ball thing? Well, like, she, ha- she, had, she had her abilities from yeah. the last game. Right. And then she loses them again it's such like a a very common trope with metroid yeah um but i i i think it's time for uh, a hard reset when it comes to 2d metroid shake up these these kind of dogmatic truths with the series yeah um and then i think it can be uh, really exciting and maybe they will i mean in the promotion of this game uh, i haven't actually seen it myself but i remember you mentioning this matt um They've apparently said that this is going to be the last of the 2D Metroid. It doesn't make any the sense story to me. Is yeah, concerned, I, I keep seeing weird. that, but then the ending is so. I mean, I don't have to spoil. It's hardly spoiled. There's barely plot, but I don't. I don't know what people are talking about with this being like the conclusion to any kind of story. Every single Metroid game concludes the story, and then the next game goes. That wasn't the conclusion you thought it was. So right. I, I don't know that I can buy that this is the last in this storyline. They say yeah. it is. I would love a reboot of the series. I would love for them to go back to the drawing board and get rid of Adam entirely. Give me a new character, please. Adam is this thing that we don't know. It's, it was mostly evolved in Et- Metroid Other M, and the idea that Metroid could do a reboot where they decide that Metroid Other M also doesn't exist would be great. I would love it if Metroid would do that. <laughs> because yeah, that sounds fine. For now, they're sticking <laughs> with it existing in the canon, and it is apocryphal for that game yeah. to exist. Uh, yeah. My hope for this game, when it was announced, was I was like, I hope, and, and I'm not doubting that Mercury Steam did this, but it feels like they weren't, maybe they weren't allowed to pull enough inspiration. I was, I was saying, I hope that Mercury Steam played Hollow Knight and was really into <laughs> Hollow Knight because it'd be cool if Metroid was more like Hollow Knight. Yeah. Um, because I love Hollow Knight right. a lot. Well, it's, um, it's so funny that the name Metroidvania comes from the fact that Metroid existed. Castlevania had existed as this other thing. And then Castlevania went, Ooh, what if we were, what if we did some Metroid stuff? What if we learned from some that other structure. games? Let's steal yeah, their yeah. stuff. Yeah. And Metroid, I guess has decided it's never allowed to steal from anybody else, but it's like, hey, that's yeah. how progress happens, and it would be great if Metroid would steal from all of the dozens of other Metroidvania games. I mean, now, now Metroidvania is a genre to me that's losing meaning, because people will describe Dark Souls as a Metroidvania, and if we're going to go that far, then Metroidvania has become, like, the RPG thing, right? Like, what is an RPG sure. anymore? What is a Metroidvania? Just a thing where I get power-ups? I don't think that qualifies. So... To me, yeah, I would love for Metroid to uh, evolve from the other iterations within it. And if it's not going to, then like, I love Metroid, but I, I'm going to have to say goodbye to it because I don't I don't care about like the thing it's doing over and over again. I'm t- like, if I want the nostalgia of a Metroid game, 
I'll just go play Super Metroid or Metroid Fusion or something. Like, I, I didn't need Metroid Dread if this is all it was going to do. Yeah, I I think that's... I, I maybe feel a little... I feel like you're more invested in this series in general, so I feel I feel like... Um, like, I feel similar to you. I just don't care as much because it's, yeah. not, it's not a series that's super important to me. I think Super Metroid is a cool game. Um, I think Castlevania Symphony of the Night was a cooler game. And yeah. I think now both of those games are, have been put to shame. Absolutely. By like this, the new, the newest wave of like indie Metroidvanias totally. have all been really good. Uh, specifically, I'm just a big Hollow Knight person and I really want you to play Hollow Knight, Matt. Yeah, and I I'm think excited to, especially after this playing this and feeling the feelings I felt, I am ready to hit some more uh, Metroidvanias that actually evolve. The th I mean, even things like, like the stuff that's like loosely metroidvania right like dead cells is awesome uh there's a game mm -hmm. out this year that i really want to play that i already forgot the name of uh but like there's so many games that get described as metroidvanias because of like their progression system and it sounds like every single one of them does everything more interesting maybe not even better like metroid dread is a great game and it does everything it does well it just doesn't feel like it's grown and it's 19 years since the last thing. So it just feels like we did the same game as 19 years ago rather than like feeling out where the genre has gone in the past 19 years and playing off of that. Yeah, I think I would use that to just transition into saying like this is our first episode that can feel sort of like a review yeah. um, of a game because this is a new game. So you might right. be someone that is considering buying this game. Um, I would say if you are a fan of the Metroid series, you probably already have this game anyway. So, and so it's completely unnecessary to recommend it to you, but yeah. if you're just a big fan of the series and you've played every entry, you should just get this one. It's more, right. it's more of that. Like yep. it's not it's going great. to, it's not, it's not going to upset your expectations of the series. Yeah. And if more Metroid just sounds like a good idea to you, then, then buy it. Like this was a well-made game. Like I, yes. I, I have my qualms with this game are, are, like few and far between and overall i thought i had a good time playing it yes um i i think if you're someone that maybe is into the genre but doesn't play a lot of metroid that's where i think mm. i would maybe say well have you how many of the metroid games have you played you could just play metroid fusion you could just play super metroid right you know like play one of those games this is not necessarily worth 60 of your dollars right. you know what i mean i think so um or just wait for, you know, Hollow Knight Silk Song to come out <laughs> someday and just play that. You know, yeah. you could just you could just wait for that. Play that when it comes mm -hmm. out um, mm -hmm. or any it's it's just it's a very competitive um, genre. And Metroid is feeling like uh, kind of an old man showing up with yeah. like, this is how we do things. This is my <laughs> way of doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Absolutely. there's all these new kids with all their new tricks and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I would plead with if 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 Nintendo is going to have Mercury Steam do another one of uh, these 2D Metroid games, which I like, there's a lot of things about Metroid that is uh, unique and wonderful. Like I think, I think uh, Samus is a very good character. Yes. Um, That's why I and, want a reboot, right? I would yeah, love some right. new writers to get away from Nintendo's crap that they're always like beholden to. Other M tried to do story stuff, 
but it was written by, uh, I guess, bad people <laughs> that like don't understand <laughs> Samus as a fundamental character. They, they wrote like the worst female character you can write. And I would mm-hmm. love a team of writers to come in and say, let's actually do some cool story stuff with Samus and reinvent this whole series. I mean, honestly, what's so funny is we already did that. Metroid Prime is a great series that reinvented the formula of Metroid. I don't know, like, what we're talking about specifically is reinventing 2D Metroid, but there's a little bit of me that's like, do we even need that? Like, let's just... Let's yeah, go. Let's go somewhere else entirely. Give me a whole new thing to do with Metroid, right? Give me, give me yeah. some new style of game that Metroid can explore with these mechanics in mind, right? I, I just, I, I'm a little bit, I think, done with uh, 2D Metroids just sort of doing the exact same thing over and over again. And, and I think they've already proven that it's a cool formula that can be used in different styles of games. So, yeah, yeah, anyways. that's fair. I, I, I think that. Uh... I don't know. I th- I think you could stick with 2D Metroid and find more things to do totally. with it. Yeah. But I also think like it's yeah, we we have we have Metroid Dread now. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 has already been announced, although there's no there's like no zero details it. about yeah. it. Um so maybe it doesn't exist anymore, who knows. Um we're probably going to get that Metroid Prime remastered trilogy for mm-hmm. the Switch at some point. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Um so there is actually a lot of Metroid on the horizon. So, you know, well, and this, maybe... this game sold more than any other Metroid game ever. So this will That's obviously good. prove to Nintendo that, like, they can make money off of it. Although Nintendo loves to light money on fire. So who knows if they decide that that's a, a metric worth evaluating. I, sure. Who, who can say? Um, yeah, they do love lighting money on fire. That is something that they like to do. <laughs> um, check out that those N64 games on your, your Switch, right? <laughs> 50 bucks, huh? 50 bucks. <laughs> Place of N64 we, emulation. Are we able to rank this thing? I'm I'm afraid yeah, of this yeah, one. Not. I genuinely don't know where to go here. So how do what do we want to do? Do we want to talk about okay. the whole list real quick? Well, okay. So so to refresh everyone's uh, knowledge of the list, um, number one, the best game of all time is Super Mario Brothers three. Then Halo Combat Evolved, and then Quake, Hyperlight Drifter, Crusader Kings three, Mass Effect three, Mass Effect two. Whoa, Outrun, <laughs> Donkey Kong Country three, Mass Effect one. Halo 2, and then War of the Monsters. And we got to put Metroid Dread in there somewhere. Yeah. I would say I'm I'm looking at the middle here. Uh-huh. Um, I I don't think I I would I don't think it's better than Mass Effect 2. Okay. That's where I'm at. Where are you where are you at? Um let me think through that idea for a second cuz I, I I do think it is man what a what a, this is this one hurts me hunter this one hurts me at my core Why? i feel like this is i don't know like i i i i loved this game and also resented it the entire time i play it and that is a hard mm-hmm. emotion to put so i'm i'm trying to like how wh- where does my critic hat go on and how do i evaluate this like how much of my own personal nostalgia do i put the blame on this game for <laughs> Well, so so so, where would you say it it could go no further as far as highness on the list for highness, you? Uh, it could go no high. Oh, it definitely can't go higher than. I mean, for me, Hyperlight Drifter because I don't have mm-hmm. as much I can say about Crusader Kings. I I don't really know how to feel about that. So yeah, right. I'm working in that Crusader Kings three down to Outrun level. It's somewhere in there. I do think okay. it is better than Donkey Kong Country three. Do you feel me that? Me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I do think that is so better than So we're in this Don- 5 to 8 range somehow. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah, I mean you you posed the question of is it better than Mass Effect 2? 
and I, I think that's where I'm like having the most difficulty, honestly, is like, where do we go from this middle section that we've we've settled on? Um, well, I'll say this. I I personally like my whole vote. There's no way I could put it. I could even be talked in putting it uh, above Crusader Kings three. Crusader fine. Kings three is like yes. got so many things that it does. So it's yeah. so much more interesting of a game, I feel like, than Metroid Dread. Crusader Kings three here. Actually, let's talk about Crusader Kings kings 3 versus uh metroid dread crusader kings 3 is a refinement of a thing that's so specific and so unique mm -hmm. that putting a game like metroid dread where the problem we have with it is that yes. it is too much of the same feels very wrong to me right yeah um, i i uh i refuse to separate mass effect 3 and mass effect 2 uh that the, the, <laughs> you the number to six together the number yeah. six and number seven are actually just the number six tie uh yeah, basically yeah. so uh it is and you know what i think i am willing to go lower than mass effect 2 um purely i mean because i'm willing to go lower than mass effect 3 basically um mm -hmm. because even with my light nostalgia for mass effect 2 and not liking it as much i think i still enjoyed mass effect 2's replay more than enjoying metroid dread as what effectively felt like a replay if that makes sense and that is the problem with metroid dread is to me it just feels like i went and replayed super metroid rather than genuinely getting anything new um, yeah. and even though i liked that and i think super metroid is a great game this being hardly a, a, an evaluation of that and, a, and a, a moving on from that, that definitely has to hurt it. Yeah, I want you know what? I want to make an analogy here that's not going to resonate with that many people, um, but I want to do it anyways, because sure. this is this is our show. I think met the problem with the Metroid series and why it, it, it it's so easy to sound really negative when talking about it, but it's like actually a series with a very high bar of quality. Mm -hmm. The problem is that Super Metroid was too good. <laughs> and it and it sort of has hurt the series overall in yeah. the long run. It's sort of like there's a, a, a genre of uh, rock and roll music called Shoegaze mm -hmm. uh, that was very popular in the 80s. Uh, right. But there's this Shoegaze album that came out in 91 by a little band called My Bloody Valentine called yeah. Loveless. Right. And a lot of people say that <laughs> Loveless was so good a record that it killed the genre. Yeah. It was so good that nobody wanted to make a shoegaze album anymore because they were like, this is just going to get compared unfavorably to Loveless. Well, now, Super Metroid is not quite like that, but the rest of the Metroid games now, it's just like, yeah. okay, what do we do? Because we had our big, big, amazing hit, and that was Super Metroid. Well, so and what to, do we to do further now? that analogy, other bands evolved from shoegaze and there are new genres of music yeah, inspired sure. yeah, yeah. by shoegaze and right. that's your hollow knight and that's your dead cells and all these right. other things yeah, yeah but metroid dread is still playing songs that remind you of their my bloody valentine it's just it's like a cover yeah, yeah it's it's just a cover of all those things so i think it's firmly below mass effect 2 so the last call here is outrun better or worse than outrun i'm i'm i mean i'm gonna say for the purpose of our list that it shouldn't go below Outrun, although I mean, I Outrun, Hunter, you've been taking. Here's the thing: is for weeks now, you've been taking a lot of hits on the chin for Outrun, and you oh, you've been resigned to be the one steadfast lover of Outrun. And oh, every time Outrun. it comes yeah, up, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, "Well, it's okay. It's gonna go. It, it's gonna go higher than Outrun." Even though you, please explain. Talk talk me through 
what Outrun versus Metroid Dread actually means for you. Because I, because I have my hangups with Metroid Dread, like my, my personal things about the series. You have your personal things with Outrun. So I think at this point, we have to come to a head with this. I don't think you get to just give up on Outrun because you feel like you're the lone standout Outrun guy. So Outrun is like, so Metroid Dread is like showing up at the job interview with like a lot of history and a lot of the, the resume is like, yeah, I've been doing this a long time. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I know how this works. Um, you should hire me for uh, spot number eight because I'm Metroid baby and you know what I do. <laughs> Outrun is showing up late <laughs> with sunglasses on and there isn't they don't even hand in a resume it's just uh, a tape it's a cassette tape and they're just like listen to this baby and then they kiss you right on the lips and so you're like do i wait what just happened should yeah. i give it to outrun why should i there's no argument for outrun really versus almost any game yeah because all outrun has is some of i think the best style yeah. a game could ever have the gameplay isn't even enough to justify putting outrun above almost any other game <laughs> because the gameplay is good but there's so, so little simple. of it right so little dimension but is it cooler to put outrun above stuff 100 percent of yeah. the time yes Here, like, here's where my head goes because i love to think about the list as things i know will eventually do to the list right like I, I love to completely cheat when we do the list and think about like well this is going to go here only so that something else later can do different and so to me i think it's okay if metroid dread goes below outrun because when we inevitably do super metroid it will clearly go above like it, it will be a different it, it will yeah. go above outrun oh, it'll yeah, go above yeah. a, probably a handful of things and i'm oh, i no, want no, to no. leave room for those sorts of things to happen even metroid fusion i think will go above these things but i i think because of how i feel once i finished metroid dread i can't put it above outrun even though i don't have the nostalgia you have for outrun i still had the enjoyment of outrun and the feeling like this invented something and metroid dread feels like it didn't invent anything and it's mm -hmm. only playing off the invention that it made 30 years ago and that Ooh, feels okay. like a punishment I kind of like that because what we're saying is that in Metroid Dread versus Outrun, Outrun gets points for being uh, like the historical kind of points. Yes. And then putting Metroid Dread above Donkey Kong Country 3 feels neat as well because Donkey Kong Country 3 is just merely the third Donkey Kong right. Country. And Dread kind of feels like the third Donkey Kong Country of Metroid games. Right. right. It and is it the is Donkey Kong Country 3 of Metroid games. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 only doing more of the exact same thing with like a couple new powers and yeah, some, some a, a handful of yeah. new levels. It, it goes above Donkey Kong Country 3 because it's at least like smoother and more modern and like feels very, very good and tight to play. Whereas Donkey Kong Country 3 is still like a pretty old snes platformer that feels about as good as an snes platformer can feel but mm -hmm. uh, we have come a long way since then i think yeah the, dude the current structure of the list like the way i imagine it mm -hmm. right now is that you have all of these games the, so there's number one super mario brothers 3 and then number two halo combat evolved and in my head there's about at least a hundred games right. that in the final list when we finished there's going to be 100 games at least between Halo and Super Mario Brothers 3, probably more like 200. Right. But So the way I think about it right now is Master Chief 
is the bouncer to our <laughs> VIP video game club. <laughs> and when Master Chief unhooks the thing and lets you in, that means you're truly a great game. Because in yeah. my opinion, at the end of the day, when all the games are counted, Halo Combat Evolved is it's fine. Right. It's not it's it's very important to me and you on a personal level. Sure. But like once all the games are totaled up, yeah. Halo's not gonna be up at the tippity top. But Halo is our our bouncer super metroid whenever that comes up it's master up chief is going to completely unhook it and just be yeah. like walk on in you know right, this right. is this is your place it's so funny to me because i keep being afraid that like we're only adding uh like big heavy hitters to this list and because it's like we we, we keep talking about games that are like very very well known generally speaking things mm -hmm. like quake things like uh mass effect right but the more we keep doing these the more it's like wow yeah so many of these games are like just pretty good like it's very yeah. easy to become intensely noteworthy based on being just a pretty good game and to be a truly great game means something quite different from that and i'm ready yep. to do we 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 need to start getting some heavy hitters uh on this list i think um yeah so yeah I'm, I'm some real some real interesting fare I, i'm excited for uh, i think there are a few things coming up that could that master chief might let into the vip area yeah, i'm excited so. about it yeah cool. Well, hey, thank you for listening to this show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at OldGamersPod, and you can send us emails if you want to. Hey, you, come on. It's 1995. Send me an email. Send us an email. Uh, let us know what you think of the list. Let us know what you would change. Uh, get, get, I would love to see people's takes on the list, right? We've, we've got these 13 games on it. Reorganize it. Show Just just for the for the talking point. I would love to hear how you would uh, shake up the list and give me personal anecdotes as to why if there's like a dramatic... If Metroid Dread hit you just in every part of your heart and it's your number one, tell me why. I, I I need to, I need those totally. right because there are Metroid diehards. Uh, you know, people. I listen to to uh, Triple Click, which has Maddie Myers, and she is like desperately in love with Metroid, and she wrote this huge article about like the plot of Metroid and who Samus is so far. And and I don't feel that Shameless. even though I love this series, <laughs> I don't feel all that. And I I think I need to hear more from people that like no, you don't understand. This is this is critical to my identity. This series, I, I think I need to hear those takes. I mean, yeah, I I hope no one's coming away from this thinking that like we just don't like Metroid games, or I hope this didn't feel like a like a trashing of a not. new. I love game. it. I, I love the game. I love it so much. I just also love all the other ones the exact same amount <laughs> you know you know what i'm gonna offer this up because i've been this is a trend i've been noticing lately um this is for uh because uh i bet i bet uh, i bet every writer for polygon.com has to listen to our show i bet i i just bet based <laughs> off nothing lately polygon the review headlines have been a little too like it's a little you're, you're there's an overhype thing that's happening mm -hmm. when the metroid dread review came out i don't remember it was rush russ Ru it was uh russ Rush Dig, yeah who, who we both we both really like a lot but his headline for that review was like like maybe too positive yeah. and and it it actively it it, it overhyped this game for yeah, me a did. little bit this is the type of game where i i i think there's a lot of uh, good about it, but I think it might hurt the experience if right before you start playing, someone's like, this is the best Metroid game of all time. Like yeah. if someone said that to you, no, 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 I don't think that's it. And I don't think that's going to help your enjoyment of it. Um, and I just, I, and I can't think of the other games that have happened with this recently, but I just feel like sometimes the Polygon uh, headline 
for a review, even if I don't read the review, if I just see the headline, the headline will be so positive yeah. that my expectations will get up too high and then I'll be a little let down when right. I experience the actual thing. So I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, that's, that's a very like specific piece of Targeted feedback. Like thing. be less hyped <laughs> about yeah. stuff, y'all. I think that's just the like, nature of our show here is in ranking them, we're not assigning scores to these games, right? Like I'm not going to tell you if Metroid Dread is like a 10 out of 10 to me because I don't feel that emotion. All right. I can do is compare it to other games that right. I've played. That's the only totally. thing that I can do. And I think that is like the crux of this show's argument is like, I don't have a rating, but I do have a ranking. And I can rank everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's all going to get ranked um, sooner or later. Uh, consider sending us free games if you're in the industry. We Please. will... Currently, our offer is that if you send us a free game, we will immediately cover it. And by immediately, <laughs> I mean in a couple months whenever we get to, because we're ahead, you know, yeah. we record these ahead. Yeah. Um, but we will immediately play it and record it. If you will send us a free game, we will totally Absolutely. do that. We might have to rescind that if eventually we become successful. But who knows? <laughs> for now, for now, if you work in the industry, you want to send us a game that you're working on or whatever, we will play it and we will yeah. rank it on a, a list with some of the most well-known games of all time, which might not be favorable to your product. Yeah. You might not want that. You might not want people thinking... <laughs> what an awful business proposition we have for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't promise that we're going to put it, you know, above some of these games that we've done, but whatever. It's just, come on, just do it. It's not going to be worse than War of the Monsters. You're safe. Yeah, come on. You're, you're very safe. safe. You're not yeah. going to be at the bottom of the list, okay? It's going to help you in some way. I Unless promise. you want come to on. be. Hey, if you know yeah. your game is trash, send it to us and tell Dude, me about it. Tell me. <laughs> tell me that. I can't <laughs> wait for us to just race to the bottom and try and yeah. outdo War of the Monsters. I think we will <laughs> succeed eventually. I think yeah. it will. It will happen. I'm excited about it. So it is Seamus, though. That is now canon um so if you're a metroid fan and you didn't like that joke and that we kept doing it we didn't even really laugh at it eventually we were just like seamus 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 um that's your problem okay and uh it's not mine it's not mine i'm happy here with my seamus oh metroid <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamer's Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Knight Corey. Stop.